0: it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. We have a captivating true story to share about an incubator sideshow. An incubator sideshow that went on for 40 years on Coney Island. Little babies on display and many of these preemie infants had their lives saved by a man who claimed to be a doctor. The strange case of Dr. Cooney is the story on the way. And you'll meet Anna Gatman today. Anna, who has found balance between the spiritual world and the material world, wants to invite all of us to do the same. And she agrees that nature is the best teacher.
1: When you sit under an oak tree and you feel grandeur and you feel beauty, those are spiritual qualities. So nature emanates this perfect balance between spirit and matter, right? right? It emanates power at times. It emanates peacefulness at times. It emanates different qualities. And so I agree with you. We have so much to learn from nature.
0: That's Anna Gapman and she's on the way. First, I want to remind you about the Women of Wonder weekend retreat at Graymore in Garrison, New York, August 17th through the 19th. Casey.co has the link to sign up, K-A-C-E-Y.co. We're going to look at how we create our beautiful lives. And we're actually going to create mandalas made from the plants and flowers we find along the Appalachian Trail, which is right there on the Graymoor campus. And we're going to play. You'll find sidewalk chalk and hula hoops and jump ropes if you're feeling adventurous. We'll also walk the labyrinth by candlelight and dance around a bonfire. Shaman Eileen O'Hare will close our circle Sunday morning with her beautiful, inspirational singing, and we all get to sing along. So come refresh your soul, bring a friend, or make new ones there. My sister Maria and I will be your hosts, and we're really looking forward to it. Now, lean in for a curious tale. The Strange Case of Dr. Cooney, a mysterious European showman who saved thousands of American babies. Journalist Don Raffel, who helped launch O, oh, the Oprah Magazine, also teaches creative writing for Columbia University. She writes this book that has many surprises, one being, the doctor had no credentials. So Don, how did you find this mysterious man? So
2: I was doing some research on the Chicago World's Fair in 1933, and I saw this photograph of... Uh, an incubator side show out on the midway. Um, There were crowds of people around it. It was right next door to the burlesque hall. I thought this was just extremely bizarre. And then because I'm in New York, I was out on Coney Island, and that's when I saw, wait a minute, this guy was on Coney Island for 40 years and in Atlantic City too. It was so strange to me that this went on for 40 years that I thought, I have to get to the bottom of this.
0: It went on for 40 years? Tell the story about the World's Fair. Let's start there.
2: So, this World's Fair was in Chicago in 1933, the bottom of the Depression, and it was called the Century of Progress. And it was all about how science and technology was going to lift mankind to a higher plane. So there was a big emphasis on the Hall of Science, you know, but this exhibit with the incubators was out on the Midway. Um, and it was the work of Martin Cooney. By then, he was well into his career career, because since 1903, he had been out on uh, Coney Island with this incubator sideshow. And what he was doing was he was taking tiny premature babies. People would pay a quarter to look at them. And there was not care available in American hospitals for these children. Most hospitals did not have the means to take care of children who were this small. Where were their mothers? Well, their mothers either gave birth to them at home and they were brought to the sideshow as their own hope of saving them or they were born in hospitals and the delivering doctors in hospitals would say to these parents if you want your child to survive you need to get to Coney Island we don't have the resources here to save your baby this is your only hope so you know if you could imagine being a parent in this situation how traumatized you would be your child is born weighing two pounds You're terrified. And your doctor now says the only hope for your child is a sideshow on Coney Island where people are going to pay admission to look at your baby.
0: it's, It's so hard to wrap your head around this story. And how did he know how to save them?
2: So um, the incubator, as we know it, was invented in France in the late 1900s, and the French engineer who invented this type of incubator showed it at an exposition in Berlin in uh, 1896, and it caused a huge splash all over the world. And they were sort of saying, oh, this machine is so great, it's practically automatic. So immediately, all kinds of showmen got in on the act. You even had Bailey of Barnum and Bailey, you had the London Royal Aquarium. Um, Most of the showmen got out of this very quickly because this was not a toaster oven and it wasn't automatic. It was a hell of a lot of work and it required skilled nursing. Cooney stayed with it, and he actually was following a protocol that had been laid out in France. He had a French nurse who was highly skilled. His wife was an RN. She knew what she was doing. Um, So he had the best equipment in the world. He was insisting on breast milk only. He was keeping the place immaculate. And then he hired quote unquote assistants who were actual physicians who had medical licenses. And so he'd get around the health department by saying, oh, uh, um, could, you, could you fill out that paperwork for me? Could you take a look at this baby for me? Uh, sadly, we have to sign a death certificate. Could you just handle that? Um, so he wasn't doing anything illegal.
0: Wow. 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 Okay. And then what happened when the babies got bigger and stronger? Did he give them back?
2: So at five pounds, most of them went back to their, their parents. Sadly, some of them were abandoned. You know, some of them ended up in orphanages where, you know, the parents didn't want the baby back. But most of them, yes, their parents came and picked them up when they were five pounds and they went on to live full lives.
0: Right. And probably there were reunions, right? I was a sideshow baby, you were a sideshow baby. Let's get together and take a picture at least.
2: Well now during his lifetime he would hold reunions and he was he used to say he was making propaganda for premies. Part of what he was trying to do was to get the public to understand these babies could be saved and he was also trying to convince the medical establishment and let's face it he also was getting rich and he enjoyed that as well and he was a showman but no you know when I met some of these babies during the research for the book every single one of them asked me if I had ever met another one of them and they um, you know they just wanted to know is there anybody else out there is there any like me. And so I brought some of them together who were in the New York area um, so they could have a little reunion and meet each other.
0: Oh, Dawn Raffle. Fabulous. The strange case of Dr. Cooney. I'm so happy for you. You know, we think about what we know today about energy and about how the body holds on to memories. And you just think about the trauma that some of these kids must have gone through having people pay a quarter to look at them, whether they were aware of it or not. That could, none of that could have felt natural.
2: You know, the women that I talked to felt nothing but gratitude toward him. There, wa- there weren't any mixed feelings. So at the time, I think some of the parents were embarrassed, um, certainly conflicted about it. But these women felt only gratitude. That you know, all they felt was this man saved my life. Wow.
0: Um, all right. Was he, then, you would say, more good guy than bad guy? I felt he was. And, you know, what's interesting to
2: me is I view him much more kindly because his credentials weren't real. Because if he really, um, he said he was educated in Leipzig and Berlin, and he said he was a protege of this great French doctor, Um if those credentials were real and then he thought, oh, hey, I think I'll have a show on Coney Island for 40 years, then I would think, okay, that's just exploitation. You're just in this for the money. But he had no other recourse. So he was somebody who understood that he had the means to save these children and nobody else was going to do it. Um, and in a way, I think he kind of painted himself into a, a corner because the, um, the credentials became more embellished as the years went done and nobody was fact checking that stuff
0: yeah long before snopes right
2: well you know there's no internet there's no long distance telephone you're a feature newspaper reporter on a deadline he says he has a medical degree from germany what are you going to do how are you going to check that you know and in terms of the health department somebody who was an md was always signing the paperwork
0: this is a fascinating story, beautifully written, The Strange Case of Dr. Cooney, How a Mysterious European Showman Saved Thousands of American Babies. Dawn, how does it feel to have this baby out into the world?
2: Um, kind of uh, overwhelming in a way. Uh, I feel incredibly grateful that, that I get to tell this story. I think if you're a writer and you find a story like this once in your lifetime, you can consider yourself very lucky.
0: All right. Well, I think you are very lucky, and you know, I wonder, I wonder if there wasn't just a little part of his uh, showman shine just reaching out to you across the ages, saying, "You are the one I want to write this story." Did you ever feel like you were connected to him at all?
2: Oh, sometimes I felt like I was, I was living with a very sly ghost. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I just felt like, "Oh, come on, talk to me, tell me something." Um, it was, it was really—he was a very mysterious guy.
0: Well, I really appreciate you putting a little light on him and this fantastic story that everybody should be reading at the beach or as just as soon as they can get their hands on this is there anything else you'd like us to know about him
2: Uh, No, I think that's really it. It's just, you know, here, you know, I was in a situation to meet, you know, 95 year old people who shouldn't have lived a day, but they did, you know. So it was really one person who really made a difference um, against overwhelming odds.
0: An incubator sideshow and the babies who are grateful for it. He was doing good while hoodwinking the world. The Strange Case of Dr. Cooney. That's the book. Don Raffle is the fantastic writer who gets to tell this tale. And if you'd like to be in the drawing to win a copy of the book, email me from the website Casey, K-A-C-E-Y.co. We'll pick a winner by random on Monday. And P.S. while you're at Casey.co, you can subscribe to the Shine On podcast on SoundCloud or go to iTunes and sign up for free. Shine On is there as well. You can also rate the show if you like. Thank you for listening. The Four Keys to Fulfillment and Balance. That's next.
3: Together, we can turn a stairwell into an ER at a moment's notice. Together, we can turn a rescue ship for refugees into a maternity ward. Together, we can vaccinate 710,000 people in just 11 days. Together, we can deliver medical care where the need is greatest. Together, we are Doctors Without Borders. Doctors Without Borders goes where others don't to provide life-saving medical care to people caught in crisis situations around the world. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. The Amazon's rainforest is being cut down so fast that by 2030, 55% of it could be completely wiped out. The Earth's forests can't speak up when they need help, but we can be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org.
0: Hi, I'm Kristen Bell. When my kids fall down, I treat them with kisses and colorful Band-Aids. But when kids are really sick, I'm glad there are children's hospitals to help. Put your money where the miracles are. Give to your Children's Miracle Network Hospital. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. If you need some daily inspiration, you can find it at Casey.co. I've linked to a site that provides a positive thought each day because I need all the help I can get. I thought you might like it too. And our thought for the day is coming up at the end of this show. I do appreciate those of you who hang around till the end to hear your positive thought each week. It's on the way. But right now, meet Dr. Anna Gatman, a very interesting woman, a former model, has a doctorate in transformative learning. Her pleasure is to empower you to live a richer life. And her TEDx talk is called, You Can Eat Your Cake and Have Enlightenment Too, Her book is Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World. How did this come
1: to be? What happened was, you see, I had lived a very uh, materially gratifying life working as an international fashion model based in Paris, France, uh, but felt that something was missing in my life. And so after a decade in Paris, I moved to the U.S. and went back to school and got a degree in spirituality and in education. And I got married, had children, and felt very uh, satisfied emotionally, into actually stimulated and uh, spiritually fulfilled, but something was missing still. And I, I was still longing for the material pleasures I had enjoyed as a fashion model in Paris. But I had picked up a belief that you might be familiar with that it, in order to be truly spiritual, you need to live a very humble life with no material desires whatsoever.
0: Yes, I've heard um, of this. I've heard you've of You've heard this. of that. Yes, yeah. very little is needed to make a happy life. and and somehow we feel like we're not really spiritual if we're enjoying abundance.
1: Exactly. And that's what I was experiencing. And so here I was stuck between being very fulfilled emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually, but also being very fulfilled materially that I, if I had a delicious meal, that was an awakening experience. That was a delight-filled experience. If I was enjoying technology, believe it or not, I was in awe at the magic of being able to send pictures across the world or connecting with family through an app. And so I was really kind of stuck in between these two worlds, feeling really bad about myself. That I wasn't spiritual enough and I know that so many other people feel that way I had to find a common ground around age 44 is when I really discovered that the two are inseparable and that we're never gonna find a solution if we just try to give all the material world up to live humble spiritual life because guess what we're living in a body we have bills to pay we have children to raise and we've come to this planet to planet Earth in order to express our spirit in the most material way but in in sacred ways right but to express herself and so anything material is an expression of some spiritual intention—a good one or a bad one—but it's it's an expression of somebody's values and beliefs and principles and aspirations and dreams. So that's not a bad thing. That's that's the spiritual aspect, and then the expression comes out through the things we do, the actions we take, the choices we make, the the products we create. So
0: you can eat your cake and have enlightenment too, she says. Living a spiritual life in a material world. Anna Gatman is our guest, and you know people who don't have of spiritual lives are not burdened with this thought that materiality can feel a push-pull there.
1: What they do feel, they feel a longing for meaning and purpose. They long for more purpose because all they're doing is just acquiring things. And what they're not realizing is that as long as they don't know why they're acquiring these things, they're not connecting to the spirit, to their own spirit. Why are they acquiring all these things? Not having spoken to all the people on the planet, <laughs> but just the idea behind it is you keep acquiring something hoping it will satisfy you but you don't know what you're trying to satisfy the minute you pay attention to the spiritual you realize first of all that you already have it in your life you don't need to give up everything in order to have it and you don't need to just wait for the retreat the meditation retreat in three months or church on sunday it's not that these are bad these are wonderful things that you can find spiritual things in everything you do throughout your day while you're driving to work in a meeting with your child on your iphone i mean it's everywhere
0: point it out to me if they already have it if they already have spirituality if they already have a spiritual life point it out to me
1: okay so they have it but they might not be aware of it So as I said before, everything you have has a spiritual value. So take an accountant, which you would say maybe is a boring job, just crunching numbers. But if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, the accountant in a company is in charge of creating peace in a company and order in a company, which is very important. In nature, there's a lot of peace and there's a lot of order. And creating peace and order so a company can function well without the stress is a beautiful task to have in a company. And yet we don't look at it that way, so we kind of miss it out. But if you start to pay attention, what spiritual quality is behind this person's activity, behind what they do in the world? Suddenly you go, wow, they're doing something really meaningful. So suddenly my, my my boring job can turn into something that I feel fulfilled by.
0: Right, and and it can be absolutely anything, from you know picking up the trash in the neighborhood to teaching students to running a company. You are part of. This wonderful spiritual world And I look at it this way Anna Gatman Who wrote Living yeah. a spiritual life In a material world It's taken me A really long time To do the math For myself Like how can I have All these things If I just you know Want my spiritual life But we are given So much abundance In nature In nature yeah. Right? We're yeah. already given So much abundance Why wouldn't the, the, the universe Want me to have A nice couch And delicious chocolate cake Too? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And nature, if you look at an oak tree, an oak tree is in perfect balance between its spiritual and material aspects. The branches, the roots, the leaves, those are the material expression, but the beauty it emanates, the fact that it serves an entire ecosystem of humans, minerals, plants and animals. That's a service. Now, service is considered a spiritual quality. So the oak trees are serving an ecosystem. So there's a spirituality there. When you sit under an oak tree and you feel grandeur and you feel beauty, those are spiritual qualities. So nature emanates this perfect balance between spirit and matter, right? Right. It emanates power at times. It emanates peacefulness at times. It emanates different qualities. And so I agree with you. We have so much to learn from nature. About how we can live in this spiritual material balance as well.
0: Okay, so you have uh, four keys, expansive presence, attentive listening, inspired action, and faith-filled knowing. These are the four keys that people can read more about in your book Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, but in the few moments we have left, just tell our listeners what else they need to know about having a wonderful day
1: today. Start looking for the hidden world around you. Look for the aspirations, the intentions, the dreams, the goals behind your actions, behind your choices, behind your relationship, behind other people when you listen to them in a meeting, the driver next to you where you're, when you're driving down the highway, when you're using your iPhone, smartphone, just look for what kind of spiritual connections do exist in this Material icons—they're all there, hidden, and you will experience so much fulfillment the minute you can make the connection between the material and the spiritual world.
0: And we will also make our way over to YouTube to see your TED talk. You can eat your cake and have enlightenment too. Thank you, Anna Gatman. Where can we go for more information?
1: Thank you, Casey, for having me. So my website is annagatman.com—a double n a g a t and the TED talk is another option. TEDx talk.
0: Look for spirit in all. All You Have and All You Do, Anna Gatman. Her four keys to fulfillment and balance, expansive presence, assertive listening, inspired action, faith-filled knowing. If you'd like to be in the drawing to win Anna Gatman's book, Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World, send an email from the website casey.co, where you can find a Shine On podcast anytime. Your thought for the day is coming up next.
3: We don't believe the future can wait for the future. We are City of Hope doctors. We advance science that saves lives. City of Hope research has led to the development of synthetic human insulin and four of the most widely used cancer-fighting drugs. We are maximizing the potential of immunotherapy and making precision medicine a reality. We have performed more than 13,000 bone marrow and stem cell transplants with unparalleled survival rates. With three manufacturing facilities, we can turn laboratory discoveries into new therapies faster. Today we are pioneering stem cell therapies for patients with cancer, diabetes, even autoimmune diseases. It's not enough to promise patients a future cure. We must find it now. For over a century, we've been driven to discover the answers that don't exist. Find out more at cityofhope.org. Are you an adoptive parent, foster parent, raising a relative's child? Raising children with loss and early childhood trauma can be difficult because these children require different parenting approaches. Contact us for help at the Adoptive and Foster Family Coalition of New York's free 24-7 helpline at 888-354-1342. That's 888 888- 354 354 or find us online at affcny.org.
0: Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. You can connect to a daily inspirational message anytime at Casey.co and you can join me for the Shine On Women of Wonder retreat weekend at Graymore August 17th. Get details on the website. Now, today's thought for the day is from Melanie Beatty who says, Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life it turns what we have into enough and more it turns denial into acceptance chaos to order confusion to clarity gratitude can turn a meal into a feast a house into a home a stranger into a friend gratitude makes sense of our past brings peace for today and creates a vision for tomorrow i'm grateful for your company today shine on.